Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stephen. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. I've taken too long. I was going to do something really cool this morning. I was going to tell you a lie. I was going to tell you that there could be three $100 notes taped underneath your seats. There could be three $100 notes taped under your seats. Because here's the thing. It's going to set up all the rules and, and all the stuff that goes with that. I was going to Extend it out a bit. I was going to have a bit of fun with you this morning, but I've actually taken too long. Um, but basically, he, here's the point that I was going to bring out of that. In this, this wall series, you know, it's about bringing the, the life that Jesus has for us, the abundant life. And, and, and so often, we believe a lie. We believe a lie that's believed as the truth will affect our life as though it actually is the truth. So a lie we believe as the truth will affect our lives as if it is the truth. And, and just flick through, mate. There. Um, so, actually, go back to the... Let's have a look what we've already covered. Can you go back to that front screen? Yeah. So, these are the seven areas we've already covered, or well, the six other areas, and then plus what we're doing with lies this morning. And, and I feel like we've done enough. You know, there's, I could add on anger and inadequacy, and, and there's so many different paths we could, could go on this. But this is about seven we've done, and I think that's probably about enough. And uh, so, so they're the ones. Just go through now the definition of walls, which I've sort of talked about, unhealthy mindsets. Uh, yep, next one. So there's the point I was getting to. You know, a lie believed as truth will affect your life as if it were true. Now, I've got a lot to cover here this morning. I'm going to give you actual notes. I'm going to give you the notes. So you can actually write on there. I didn't even, I, didn't even, I was going to put spaces in where you actually had to fill in the space. Well, I even decided not to do that because I've got so much to cover here this morning. So uh, I just thought I'd need to give you the, the stuff for that. So that those notes are coming around. Please take some of those. So the lie believed as a truth will affect your life as if it were true. And the sad thing, many people, I believe, are living, believing the lies of the enemy. Believing the lies of the enemy. And it's affecting your life and it's robbing you of the life that Jesus would want for you. And, and so there's two things we're going to look at quickly here to start off with. Um, the devil's strategies and Jesus' strategies. Just, just two different things we're going to look at and, and based on, on, on Scripture and the greatest weapons that they use. And if you look in your notes, it, it's uh, John 8:44 is a scripture we use and it says, When he lies... He speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. This is Jesus speaking here. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. See, Jesus, his language is lies. The enemy's language is lies. He is a liar. He's the father of lies. Now, we, we do the comparison of that with what Jesus says about himself. In, in a, a verse just before that, John 8, verse 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. 
free indeed. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. You know, and, and, and I tried to think of some examples that would relate to people, but, but here's one I, I thought of that, you know, in, in times gone past, people believed the world was flat, not round. And when we have that belief, even in a lie, in something that's not the truth, we actually respond as though that is the truth. So what happened was, People didn't go out very far in the ocean. They wouldn't put their kayak out very far and go for paddle. They wouldn't leave the shore very far because they thought if they went out too far, they might fall off the edge and die. And can you see the lie that we can believe sometimes that is actually not the truth, but it's actually the thing we've accepted for the truth? You know, growing up, people told me if I crossed my eyes and the wind changed, what would happen? They'd stay that way. So guess what? You've got to fly in your nose and you just weren't going to look at it because you just didn't want the, the, the wind to change and, and stay that way. What, what's another one? You know, like getting too close to the television to make you go blind or something. Square eyes, that's it, square eyes. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. What was that? Put hairs on your chest. Yeah, that's the one we were. So some of us, some of us are believing a lie and it's hindering us from doing and accomplishing and experiencing all God has for us and wants for our life. It keeps us smaller and more fearful than what God says about you. A lie believed as truth will affect your life. You know, um, understand that, that Satan, the, the enemy, the evil one, if you like, hates God. And the greatest way for him to hurt God is to hurt the ones that God loves the most his children, you and me, to, to feed you a lie, his deception in this process. And, uh, and if he can get us to live our lives in a small and fearful and inward-looking and, and, and restricted way, guess what? The enemy's won. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. You know, and, and we need to understand the victory's already been won for us. If the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. There's no lie that can hold us back from that if we understand what God says about us. And, and, and so I'm looking at a little bit at what the enemy's lies are about this morning just to, to give you some context. And uh, we're looking at two ways the enemy lies to us. And the first one's this, the enemy imitates God. The enemy imitates God. It gives us a, a cheap uh, version of what God would want for us, a, 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 an evil version, if you like. And, and 2 Corinthians 11.14 uh, says it this way. Paul says it this way. And no wonder, for Satan himself does what? He, he masquerades as an angel of light. He masquerades as an angel of light. God will give us the true angel of light, the, the, the truth, the truth and, the, and, and he'll give us that. But Satan pretends and gives us a masquerade of something else. He puts on a false face. He puts on something that's not true. And, and, and he trots out something that's actually evil as good. And I know that's a, 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 a thing. It's hard to get our heads around. Well, what does that mean? Let me give you some examples perhaps. We all want intimacy and depth of uh, relationship with another person in our lives. Yeah? And, and yet... So many people seem to settle for 
uh, a cheap imitation of that. So, so they're happy to settle for sex outside marriage. They're happy to... Uh, th- that's not real. It's actually an imitation of what God perfectly designed for us in man and wife. Many people want intimacy and commitment and a li- lifelong uh, covenant partner, you know, I- in that marriage relationship. And, uh, but so many people settle for a, a cheap shortcut in that process. And, and, and so they live together. And, and, and you think, man, it's not the real thing. It's not actually what God designed for us. It's not the, the perfect will of God. And yes, I know it seems like the form of it. It imitates what it might be. But you know what? It's not it. It's an imitation. And it, and it isn't what God would want. You know, people often want intimacy with God. And they said, I want a living relationship with a living God, you know, which is what we can get. Um, but instead we settle for an imitation and it's like living as a cultural Christian, you know, living, I don't care what the Bible says, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't really care what that says. I don't really, I don't really have to go to church very often, you know, I don't have to really commit to anything. It's just like, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I don't sort of do all that stuff. Or the other end of that is the religious ones, you know, the ones that, that are so religious and so out of shape about everything, I don't do this and I don't do that and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and live our lives in this bound up religious stuff. That's not the way God wants us to live. It's an imitation. It's not the real thing and the enemy loves it when he gets us like that. The second thing here is the enemy deceives. The enemy deceives and he's a deceiver. And 2 Corinthians 11.3, Paul says this, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your what? Your minds, your minds, your thinking, somehow may be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The evil one deceives. And, and, and let me give you a little picture of what this might be like. It's, it's like different perceptions of things can change the way we see things. And so I'm going to do a little exercise in a minute. Not yet. Aiden, don't go to the next screen yet. So... Sean, you're probably on that side of the line, okay? So everyone on this side of the line, look out, he's moving. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Everyone on this side of the line, close your eyes. Quickly, quickly, close your eyes. Just close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Okay, go to the next screen. Aiden. Okay, can you see a picture there? Everyone on this side, yes? Okay, all right. Everyone on this side, close your eyes. Go to the next screen. Aiden, everyone on this side, open your eyes. Look at the screen. Can you see that picture? Yes? Okay. Aiden, go to the next screen. Everyone open your eyes. Okay. What do you see, Ash? There. And is she old or young? Old, really old. Okay. What do you guys see on this side? Same? Grandma. Someone else from this side. Who, who saw something else on that side? What did you see? A young girl. Little nose at the front with a, like a feather in her hair or something like that, is it? Okay. Can you see by looking at different pictures or, or getting a different perception, you see something, the re- even the truth of what you think it's the truth, it seems different. Let's go to the next screen. You see the first one's saw this one, that looks like a young woman. The second one saw this one, which looks like an old woman. 
And so can you see how that can be quite deceiving? You, based on what you've been through, your experience, your, what your eyes saw. And, and the truth is, it's a lie. The picture was one thing and you're believing another thing. Make sense? Let's do the next one. What lies are you believing for your life? What lies are you believing for your life? You know, it's such a a huge question because these are the walls in our lives. These are the big walls in our lives. They're the things that hold us back from the best in God. And and so, as we've done with most of these things we've talked about, the first thing we need to do is recognise the lies. I'm going to have to move really quickly now. Recognise the lies. Proverbs 14, 12, There's a way that seems right to man, but the end, it leads to death. And there's at least three areas we're going to talk about this morning that the enemy wants to deceive us. Lies about yourself. This is the first one. Lies about yourself. Uh, And the first lie might be this. My self-worth is determined by what I do and what others think of me. My self-worth, my worth is determined by what I do and what others think of me. And and the enemy loves to attack you. It's so so common for, for so many of us. And, and many of us believe this lie for our lives. And if I believe this lie, it will it'll be, affect my life this way, if it, if it, as if it was true, first of all, but it will actually be outworked this way. I'll become overly driven in my life. I'll become competitive. I'll, I'll be driven even sometimes to the state of extent of I might even sin to either get the final result or to get the recognition of that, the approval of other people in that process. Um, uh, oftentimes we'll end up being workaholics. We, we do everything but look after our families and our relationships. We just do the work thing because it makes us feel good about ourselves. And if we ever take time off, we feel guilty. Why? Because in my mind, if I'm not working, I'm not worth anything. If I'm not doing that, I'm not worth anything. And, and, and others won't think well of me. And if we buy in this light, we'll often become a doormat. We'll actually become a doormat. I'll do way too much. I'll compromise my standards to, for approval of others. You know, and, and you may embrace living that, that fear of rejection and, and try to please people, then you can't please really please God in that process. And this is a lie. We're going to talk about what God says about that in a quick second. I am the way I am and I can't change. I'm the way I am and I can't change. You know, I can't overcome it and, and many of us believe this lie. You know, it leads to apathy, it leads to shame. I'm ashamed, I can't change. I just, just, this is who I am. It leads to guilt. If only I were better, I'd overcome it, but I can't. I feel guilty. And then oftentimes it leads to like a resignation and apathy and, uh, um, and you just give up. And, and here's, here's the result. Your relationships grow stale. Your relationship with God grow stale and we end up just not outworking what God will want for our lives. We, we end up in this place that, that just is um, stale and, and, and we believe this lie as the truth. Here's another one. If you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. And we end up living this life of hypocrisy. It's like we become an actor you know, we, we, we're trying to pretend and we're trying to convince people that we're something that we're not. And deep down, we, we, we just know 
that's not the reality of our lives, but we just can't bear to risk it. We just can't bear to, put, to, to actually live who we are because we're so insecure about that. We put up those walls of protection, protect ourselves. And, and they're just some of the lies that we believe in. And I don't know if something's touched you in that, but I, I would say my main thing this morning is recognise the lie of the enemy. Recon- in yourself, just recognise it. If you've got that sheet, just tick it off or highlight it or put a circle around it or whatever you need to do to recognise and come back and work it through in God. Recognise it and name it. Okay, second area then, lies about the meaning of life and happiness. Where are we? What, what truly fulfils us? You know, and so one, the top one there, money provides security and happiness as a lie. It's a lie. It doesn't at all. And if you believe this lie, you'll end up, lie, you'll be, end up working, be a workaholic. You become very materialistic. You'll likely become greedy or stingy or, or, and it'll, it'll, it will manifest itself in, in two different ways. That you buy things that you don't really need to impress people you don't really like. And, and then the other way is, um, and it's so prevalent, so many people just buy things so they feel good about themselves or impress other people. And the other one is you, you end up hoarding and you're stingy about stuff. And, and, and you keep saying, well, if I save up a little bit more, then I'll feel secure. You know, and, and, and it's a lie. And it'll affect your life in such a negative way. You know? and, and maybe it'll even affect it where you, um, where you have real problems even in the, in the church to, in giving, in tithing. You know? and, and you're not against the idea of it, or just don't do it. Not against the idea of tithing, just don't do it. I, I need to save a little bit for me. And uh, it's just a lie. To be happy, I must be married. And so many people believe this. I'm not married, therefore I'm not happy. I'm not a whole person. And, and, and you go, well, hang on, what does that mean about Jesus? You know? Look at what he did. He wasn't married. And, and we believe this lie and it sets us up in a relationship for failure. That's what it does. Because we're, we're trying to draw a meaning between a relationship and, and feeling, um, I don't know, that we're, we're living a worthwhile life. That's just not the truth. That's just not the truth. Um, you know, and, and so when we do get married and our spouse lets us down and we feel disappointed and discouraged and demotivated about all that, um, then we think, well, I'm, I'm not happy and so maybe divorce is the answer, which should never even be an option. And we're, we're resting all that waste on that relationship with that other person. And it's just a lie. Another one, I must be in control to be happy. Things have to be this way or the way that I want them, otherwise I'll be miserable. They have to be, all my ducks have to line up exactly in a line, otherwise I'm, I'm not happy about it. You know? And, and if, it's, if this is you, you're a nightmare to drive with. You're a nightmare because... Can I put myself in this category? <laughs> um, because you've already had your say. Um, because, you know, you're the one that knows where to go, how to go there, how fast to go there, which way to go, which shortcuts to take, not which shortcuts not to take. And, uh, or, or, or it might be that um, there's a few probably nudging people I can, I can think about, Sira out there now. If you're someone who hates running late, maybe you just have to lighten up. You know, it, it's not, the world's not going to end if we're a couple of minutes late and you make everyone's lives miserable so you're early and you go, 
What's the point? Lighten up, ease up. You know, it's it's not that important. You know, it's a lie. And and here's some others. Quickly, I'll I'll move through them. Um, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I get this house. I'll be happy when I buy that car. I'll be happy when those people apologise to me. I'll be happy when I get this to this age. I'll be happy when I have these friends. I'll be happy when we go on these holidays. They're all lies. It's not the truth. There's a fleeting sense of pleasure, yes, of course. But I'm telling you, they won't fulfil us. They're a lie. And the last one is lies about God. Boy, I've got so much to put out that I'm going to have to go... The more I do for God, the more he'll love and bless me. It's a lie. It's an absolute lie. You see, it leads to legalism. It leads to self-righteousness. It leads to critical attitude about others. Oh, well, I'm doing all this, but they're not doing any of that. You know, or, 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 or men or women, you know, maybe the wife is saying, well, my, I'm, I'm the leader in this house because my, my husband never does anything that I do. And you get yourself really self-righteous in the process. And it's a lie. God doesn't need us to do anything. In fact, I found that that position actually leads to secret sin. The sin, you're living this thing, but underneath there's other stuff going on. And it often leads to burnout as well. You know, And you hear people saying things like, I hate church, I'm sick of church, I'm sick of all this stuff. And you go, you know what, I think you're here for the wrong reasons. I think there was something wrong in your initial motivation and that lie is I do more for God. The more I do for God, the more he'll love and bless me. It's just a lie. It's not that way at all. And here's another one. God will never do that for me. You know, God may bless you. God may answer your prayer. God may heal you. But he would never do that for me. And it's just a lie. See, we, we get ourselves in a corner. and We don't even open ourselves up to that potential. God's supernatural ways. And this is the one I think this is all based on, really. Um, oh, no, not, not this one, actually, the next one. Um, what I've done is too bad for God to forgive. And he forgives all of us. We all stuffed up. We've all made huge mistakes in our lives. We just have. But here's the one I, I really want to get to. God can't change me. You see, as soon as we camp there, closes down so many options for God. We just get camped in this place where... Um, you know, I keep losing my temper, but I can't do anything about it. You know, um, I, I can't stop taking those pain pills because I had this car accident years ago, but, you know, just can't seem to stop taking them. I can't stop worrying and freaking out about finances, about the economy. I can't control the things that come out of my mouth. They come out and, and then I go, oh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Uh, you know, for, for young men, it might be something like, well, I can't stop looking at porn. I feel... I feel worthless because of that you know and 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 i just can't seem to stop it and and i I can't look like that person i want to look like them and i want to lose weight or i want to get fit or whatever it looks like i just can't do it i'm struggling all the time you found yourself in this horrible cycle of beating yourself up getting the quick fix of whatever that thing is and then beating yourself up again and god helped change me beat yourself up again and, and it's just, we're living a lie. Just living a lie because we don't really believe God can change us. Where in fact, he's already done it. He's already won the victory for us. We're already asking the wrong questions. 
We're already positioned wrongly for to see God move in that place. It's already been one for us. And really quickly, I'm going to give you some things I can't expand on very much. But the second one is I want to finish off this morning. We're using the wrong weapons. We're using the wrong weapons. And Paul talks about in the scripture in 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says this, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On, con- on the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. To demolish strongholds. Now that word strongholds is a Greek word that means this, castle or walls or to fortify. And a literal translation of that passage might be for that particular um, strongholds, a prisoner locked in deception. Get this, this is so important. Sometimes we're locked in this deception, like a prisoner. We're, we're behind these walls for self-preservation sometimes. And I'm saying to you this morning, there's a better way. There's a better way. And, and it's based in the scripture. And 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, it's about capturing wrong thoughts. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We have to take those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. We have to capture those thoughts before they get any foothold at all. We have to cut them off before they get any chance to send out any roots, to send up anything in our minds. And, 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 so, and it says every thought, every thought and make it captive to Christ, make it obedient to Christ. And I love that. I love that we can, anything we go through in our lives, whether it's just watching television, you know, whether it's on the internet, at work, at school, everything that presents itself in our lives and sets, it up, sets ourselves up opposed to God, we take, capture that thought. We capture it and go, no, that's not what God says about me. That's not what I should be looking at. That's not what I should be doing. We actually close down that before it gets any foothold at all. We make it obedient to Christ in that process. And we have to differentiate between the fact and the truth. This is such a big thing and I can't get this in in the time I've got. But we have to differentiate between facts in our lives. You know, and for you it might be whatever. It might be a health report. It might be a, a, a report from a doctor. And, and the facts are this. But you know, God's word says... Here's the truth. And the facts have really got nothing to do with the truth. We, do, we, we, we have to believe in the truth, what God says to us and for us, for every single one of us. And, and the facts are immaterial, really. We've got to live in the truth of what God says for us. You know, my, my marriage is falling apart and there's no hope. fact is that I haven't been the husband that God will create me to be. But the truth is... God can make me into the husband that I need to be if I open myself to that. And I had a heap of examples of that. The second thing then, to capture that thought, speak the truth. Not only think the truth, not only meditate on the truth, not even memorise the truth, which are all good things. Speak the truth. Start to speak the truth of what God says about you. And so on the back of that sheet that I've given you this morning, um, there's a whole heap of scriptures that, that tell you about what God says about you. You know, and there's a, there's a heap of them there. I'm accepted, I'm secure, I'm significant, and there's, they're batched in little areas there. And, and speak those out. 
you know, start to speak them out over your life. Do you really believe them? Are you really believing the truth about you? Well, let God start to speak to you about that. Let the, the truth of the word start to get below the superficial, to get into your heart, to actually change the way you think about yourself and about others and about God and about your life. Let, actually, let the word start to, to tell you what the truth is, not the circumstances of life and the facts of life. Speak the truth. See, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. I'll always be this way. I can't. I'll never. I'm not. Well, that's not what God says. That's not what God says. Why don't you start basing your life on the truth, not on the deceptions, not on the lies, not on the circumstances. And the third, very simplistic, but don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Even if you feel like you've been around this cycle around and around and around again, don't give up. Persevere. You know, I heard someone say once that the we only change when the pain of staying the same is more than the pain of change. And the pain of staying as we are is more than the pain of change. That's human nature. It's time to change. It's time to change. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give up. God has got a, a plan, a purpose for your life. He loves you. You're accepted. You are secure. You are significant in his eyes. And if you think any less, you're not really living the, God has got, the life that God has got for you. God has got a plan, a purpose for your life. And it's way beyond the mire of your current circumstances. It's way beyond the facts, right, at this particular point in time. It's way beyond that. You need to start to see yourself as God would see you. You need to start to respond that way, to start to speak the way God would want you to speak. If you keep speaking those negative words, those down thoughts, you're going to stay there. You are. You know, if you keep responding to people out of that negativity, out of that critical heart, out of that criticism in your heart, you're never going to get free of this stuff. You have to bring the change. You have to start changing the way God would want you to change. Don't you give up. Start speaking the truth. Capture those thoughts as they come. Capture those thoughts before they even get any foothold, any insight. Capture those thoughts. No, God doesn't say that about me. We're going to speak the truth in love. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to win this fight. And so I'm going to finish with this scripture that you probably know well. Philippians 3.13 But one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind Forget about that. That's done. That's happened. That's in the past. And straining towards what is ahead, I press onward towards the goal to win the prize. Not just happy to be in the, the race. I want to win the prize. I want to get across that finish line. For which Christ has called me heavenward. I'm sorry, which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Church, I feel like this series has been a significant series and I feel like this message today, even though I've had to rush, 
is a significant message. And right now, I just want you to close your eyes. I just want you to close your eyes and I'm going to just just cover this in prayer. And, And I want you to be honest with yourself right now. Right now. Have you been living a lie? Living a lie? Have you been accepting a lie in your life? Is there something that you go, you know what, Greg? I, 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 when you said something about my self-worth, it just it just stirred me. I just realised maybe, maybe I've been believing a lie. You know, maybe it was it was something else that was said this morning. Maybe it's that that security or that happiness, or or maybe it's a, a lie you've believed about God. And, and right now, while, while everyone's eyes are closed. I just want you to recognise that before God and go, you know what, that's me. Just stick your hand up and go, that's me. I, I recognise I'm not really, I'm, not, I'm believing a lie about my life. Come on, there's more people than that. I, I, I can't believe that, yes, that's good, that's good. Come on. Thanks. It's between you and God, but, you know, if we can't even start, we've got to be authentic in this process. And the one other thing I just want to talk about here while we've got eyes closed and heads bowed, this morning maybe that you, you just feel like well Greg it's all well and good but I'm not even sure I have the victory that you're talking about I'm not even sure I understand what that victory is I'm not even sure I get this this thing with Jesus this, this thing with God how, how, how do I ask Jesus into my heart how do I actually do it what is that actually all about and maybe it's the time where, where the light needs to shine on your circumstance, your life and you realise there is a better way. There is a better way. And for and this morning, this might be an opportunity to get a fresh start for you. So here's an opportunity just to get your life right with God. To set the, 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 the put a line in the sand if you like and say, you know, from this point forward I'm going to live my life in victory. I'm going to ask Jesus into my heart afresh. I'm going to live in the victory that he has for me. If that's you this morning, real easy just want you to put your hand up in the air and just go, Greg, that's me. That's me. Fantastic. Is there anyone else here that, that knows that this is the time for them? Anyone else here? Here's an opportunity. Cool. That's good. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that he came to this earth to win that victory for us, for you and for me. And Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is with us every step of this journey once we understand that, that you are for us, that you love us, that you, you never leave us. You'll not take us through more than we can stand. You're with us every step of the way. And Father, this morning I pray, Lord, that you shine your light into those dark places, into those places where we have believed lies about ourselves, about our circumstances, about you, Father, and that you'll show us the truth of your word for that situation. I pray that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a great big applause this morning. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message. 